0: Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 70 energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. Okay, so you guys probably noticed that I have been going on and on and on a lot about brain rewiring over the last few months. Like, I think everybody at this point knows that I am obsessed is a tool that really helped me change my life in the best of ways. Like, I am grateful for it every single day. It's helped me make big shifts in career, money, business, my body, and most importantly, confidence. Um brain rewiring really like is the no bullshit tool for manifestation manifesting the reality that we deeply desire because it is a tool that helps us stand in our own power and fully trust ourselves. This is not the secret kind of bullshit. This is really believing from the core that you are the creator of your own life and you are worthy and deserving of everything that you want and you have the power to create it. Okay, so enough about that. Um, I am excited to share today's episode with you all. I have my amazing, amazing, amazing client and friend, Elizabeth Cairo, on the podcast to chat about her personal development journey, and she shares extensively about her experience going through the brain rewiring process. Liz and I started working together back in March of this year, it's been absolutely mind-blowing to witness her transformation, really. Um, She's always been a gem of a human being, but seeing her week after week via our Zoom coaching calls has been truly incredible to me that the way she thinks and speaks and carries herself is just way more empowered than when we first met. Her presence has always been so kind and loving, but now it is just backed up by high self-worth and it is magnetic. I've really seen Liz step into her personal power through working together, which has been wonderful to witness. One thing that she really believes in is taking control of our lives no matter at what age and creating the life we want to live. We go deep in this episode about what really drives the needle forward when it comes to your own healing and expansion. One thing we talk about very deeply is radical honesty. I truly, truly believe that honesty within yourself is the highest form of self-love. I had a blast recording and editing this episode. I know you're going to love Liz as much as I do. She's truly one of those people who just makes you want to be a better human being, and I'll let you see it for yourself. Alright, so sit back, relax, and here is my conversation with Liz. Liz, tell us who you are and what you do, what you're about. Wow, where to start?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I am just, I've been interested in health and wellness my whole life. I grew up different. Like, I just was always different. Um, I grew up macrobiotic, and I knew that, like, from, I mean, I can... First grade, when my mom brought bought like brought in homemade apple butter <laughs> um, cupcakes to class, and all the kids were like, "These are disgusting." Um, I knew we were different, and um, I never really understood it until I got older. But I've just since you know my adult life have just been seeking knowledge and trying to help people and educate people on the fact that we can heal our bodies, and our bodies are like these amazing things that we've been given. And a lot of people I feel like don't really understand or know that they have the capabilities to take care of themselves in the way that they really need to and that they can help themselves. And so I'm just always seeking knowledge, trying to educate people and trying to educate myself
0: and finding a good balance in all of that. OK, I love that because we both have the one in our human design profile, and that is the knowledge seeker. That is someone who is meant to be a teacher and help other people. So we're like obsessed with furthering our understanding of how the world works, not in like everything, but um, we all are like pulled to specific things. Right. And you are very pulled to wellness and, you know, growth, um, becoming better versions of ourselves. Um You mentioned finding a balance. I think that is so important because honestly, like the self-development journey never ends. Um, So how do you think one can find that balance or how does that balance uh, realistically look like?
1: (laughs) Um, That's something I've been trying to figure out my whole life. I think the biggest thing is consistency with error you know, with allowing space for error, allowing, or not even error, but just allowing space to be human and have a human experience. Because I think that um, in the health and wellness space in general, we're being bombarded now with so many different products and so many different things. And it's great. Like you said, having one in our profile, I love learning everything and um, exploring different products and um, finding out all the information I can find out, but it can also be overwhelming for people Mm -hmm. So I think finding a balance is really making it personal, like really figuring out what works for you, not what works for your favorite influencer or your favorite company that's, you know, coming out with a new product every six months. I think it's really about getting back to listening to our own bodies, listening to our own intuition and really trying to understand, okay, I ate X, Y, and Z, and this is how I feel. And listening to that, not because somebody told you that that food's gonna make you feel a certain way, but how does it actually make you feel? And I find that a lot of people don't really, like I, at least in my own personal experience, I almost didn't know how to listen to my own body for a long time because I was so used to trying to find information and then listening to what other people had to say. So I think long, long answer for finding balance is really coming back to ourselves, like really learning how to hone in on our own intuition and figure out what works for us. And then also, I think just allowing yourself to live life and not be so strict or so regimented that you let things pass you by. Like I went through a period of time where I wouldn't eat anything if I couldn't get the most healthy option available. So like if I was on the road for work, I would end up like almost in a sugar imbalance because I wouldn't eat for, you know, 10 hours if I didn't have time to pack something and I was on the road and all I could find was something that I knew wasn't as good. And I think that that's where I had to learn that finding balance means sometimes you have to go outside of your, you know, what you look at as like your consistent choices And be okay with that, and just trust that, like, okay, my body needs to be nourished, so I'm going to eat this food, and I know that it might not make me feel as good as I normally would feel,
0: but it's one thing, and then I move on and I go back to where I'm at. Okay, I I definitely was kind of at that place too at one point. Like, it was all or nothing? Yeah. And it would consume me because (laughs) that's all I was thinking about. Like, oh, what I'm going to eat next? What What am I going to eat when I? go on this road trip and um if I like quote unquote cheat I would like think about what it was going to do to my body and like the inflammation and the blood sugar imbalance and it was just like no way to live um I used to like roll my eyes when people would be like oh find balance and I'll be like yeah no <laughs> um, but finding balance is actually like like, think of ourselves as like a pendulum, you're always going to like swing a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right. And like, you're just not always like on one side or another, you want to avoid like those really big swings. um, And just like kind of like stay in like your healthy parameter. Yes, I agree. And I also think like,
1: I was known for a long time as the person that made everything difficult. Like if I was going out to eat with a group of people, it's like, oh, we have to check and see what you know, Liz needs, and I got to a point where I was like, I don't even, I don't want to be known for that. I want to be able to just go. And I don't want other people to worry about me and not in a a way of worrying what they care, like what they think about me, but just that I don't want to be the one that is causing this, you know, structure around things. And so, and I think that it took me internalizing and being able to relax inside, like you said, and take a step back before. And then I just said to people like, it's okay. I'll figure it out. You know, let's just go where everyone wants to go and I'll figure it out. And once I learned that it was okay to do that, or I planned ahead, if I knew that we were going somewhere that there really wasn't anything I could eat, I would eat before I went because I still wanted to have that time with the people that were important to me. And I didn't want to have to worry about it. And I didn't want them to have to worry about it. And once I kind of accepted that, I found that things became easier and places that I would have never imagined, like I could find something to eat or drink or whatever, I was finding those things. It was like when I allowed myself to relax, then I was able to be a little bit more open to what was available.
0: Yeah, I really love you. what you said about not being that person because being that person sucks. You don't want people to see you. You don't want to make people feel bad for what they're eating or doing. Like you want to be like, inspiring people to do better you don't want people to like hide from you because you like make them feel shameful
1: exactly and I also don't want to put off like the idea that it's so challenging to take care of yourself or to be a little bit stricter about you know what you put into your body because people are seeing that going Oh, I don't really care what happens to me if I have to deal with that, you know? <laughs> and so I think there's a way, like you said, if you're, you can inspire someone or motivate someone or be an example for someone, if you're not able to kind of find that balance in your own life.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of taking care of ourselves, I want to ask you, I asked every guest on the podcast this: tell us, how do you typically start your day? <laughs>
1: Um, I love this question because I'm always trying to listen to what other people say about that too. Um, I am not a morning person. Um, And when you have kids, you have to adapt (laughs) to being a morning person. So I would say the biggest thing, the number one non-negotiable for me is I spend five minutes when I get up in the morning before I talk to anyone, before I check my phone, before I have any other energy around me, I spend five minutes just figuring out What am I grateful for? What am I looking forward to in my day? Setting an intention for the day and just really being quiet in that time. Like right when you wake up, when you're still kind of groggy and really not letting other people's energy into it. Like I used to get up and check my phone right away or I would wait until my alarm went off and then my son would be running in the door trying to talk to me, you know, and so I took five minutes and you know, moved my schedule back five minutes so that I had that time for myself. And um, I'm trying to be better about journaling. So I think journaling's a great way into that. But right now, what I do a lot of times is just sit there and repeat in my head, like what I'm grateful for, a mantra that I want to work on that day or how I want my day to be structured.
0: Hmm. So I am curious. Um, well, I, I know, but I think it's important to like, you know, I guess like address how we like develop those habits? Um, was there like a turning point where you started being like, okay, I want to make this time available for me and my peace? Um, the turning
1: point for me, I mean, I guess it, there's two answers to that question. Um, brain rewiring and working on brain rewiring has been a huge um, shift for me in really setting intention for what I'm doing. Um, And just realizing that it's like about the basics. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Like I listen to people's morning schedules and I'm like, that sounds great, except I have to fit my kid into this and getting him ready for school and getting him out the door and walking the puppy and all those other things. And so what can I do, even if it's five minutes, obviously, if I have more time, there's more things that I want to do and I will do, but five minutes Is something that I feel like it's a non negotiable for me. And I think that it can be for anyone. Like, if you can take that five minutes for yourself, it sets the tone for your whole day. And just your demeanor, it's like I find myself being more patient, being happier, being more upbeat when I address the people around me, when I take that time for myself. So I would say shifting my viewpoint and brain rewiring for me really helped me to kind of get back to basics a little bit. Like, and that gave me. The idea to just start, start small, start easy, start simple. Just start, yeah. And um, so that was a big thing. And then a big shift for me was I, I love challenges, um, <laughs> to do lists and check marks, and I think you know that from when we first worked together. And um, I love the task, you know, lists and checking them off. But what I did was I um, found a devotional that I wanted to start working in, and um, I picked a Lakshmi devotional, and I committed to doing that for 40 days, no matter what. And what I found was making that commitment to myself, it takes eight to 10 minutes really helped me to make other commitments to myself. It was like, okay, if I can carve out this eight to 10 minutes every single day for 40 days to do this thing, then I can also carve out five minutes for, you know, my morning to start my morning, or I can carve out my 20 minutes for my meditation or whatever it is that's important to me it gave me almost like a rhythm. Um, I was thinking about it the other day. It's almost like resetting your circadian rhythm. It was like resetting my rhythm for structure in my life and doing something like that, that it was simple. It didn't have to have any, you know, it didn't have any structure to it. It just was that it had to be done every single day. And doing that helped me to then get back into, you know, motivating myself to take time for myself.
0: Yeah. And I think, Um, making it easy and doable is really key. Um, A lot of um, what will help your brain rewiring process be very successful is, like, super basic. Um, This is not meant to, like, make you feel like, you know, it's like this whole thing. um, It's supposed to, like, thin your life. Um, Okay, so you're really good with, like, keeping up with your challenges, you know, sticking to, like, you know, 30 days of whatever, have you ever like set a goal for yourself to do something for like, let's say 30 days, but then it wasn't important to you enough. So you didn't keep it up. Yes,
1: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Way too many things. Um, But I think uh, I'm pretty sure it's just part of my human design um, that I tend to also take on too many things. And I think that this goes back to something we were talking about. Um, in the health and wellness space, especially is like, we're bombarded by all these things that we should be doing, or we could be doing to better our lives. And again, it has to be something that resonates with you. Like I was for a while, no joke, I would get up in the morning, I would do like my five minutes. And then you know, I would start my day. And then I would take like, I didn't even realize how long it was taking, I would jump on the trampoline for 10 minutes, I would dry brush for 10 minutes, I would oil pool for 20 minutes, like, I would do you know, uh, some kind of meditation. And I was like, it's great to have time to do that sometimes, but it's not always practical for people. And so I started to go, there's so many things here. What am I doing? You know, it's like my whole day was structured around this time and I wasn't getting my work done. (laughs) I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able to get the things that I needed to get done. done. And so there's lots of times where I've said, okay, I'm going to do all these things. And I just said, you know what? It doesn't work. And I actually think there's, um, there's a humbleness in that, like, it's a little bit of a blow to your ego, but it's good to be able to say, you know what, these things don't all work for me, just because I heard this person say they can do this doesn't mean that it works for me and my schedule. Um, Or is it even beneficial for me? I don't know. Like, how do I feel when I'm doing it? (laughs) Like, I sometimes felt like, oh, my gosh, that just took a lot of energy to get through those two hours (laughs) of doing all those things
0: for sure um Mm -hmm. the wellness industry is like a really big industry now and uh with marketing it definitely creates a lot of FOMO if you feel like oh I'm not having this product or engaging in this practice then like everyone who's doing it are getting benefits and I'm not uh what if I'm like you know not keeping up with everybody um so that's definitely something I struggled to as well like a year ago I swear I like found out like oh there's breath work and but then I also wanted to read those books and like do those meditations and I I would like look at all of them and be like uh you know I don't even know where to start so I just didn't do anything you don't start at all exactly
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I find that. And it's funny because I do a lot of um, helping guide people to get started in meditation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that someone told me so long ago, and it just stuck with me is like, there's no wrong way to do it. Just do it. And I kind of live by that now with a lot of things. It's like, don't worry about how you're supposed to do it or what the outcome is going to be. It's like, if it resonates with you and it feels good and you want to try it, just start it. Just do it. Yeah. And if you do it for one day and you don't like it or you do it for five days and it really doesn't work for you. Okay. You tried it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we're no better. We're no worse off because we tried it.
0: Yeah. I used to. So I like a long time ago, I hired like a wellness coach because I was so stressed out. And she was like, do you have a mindfulness practice? And I'm like, no, because meditation <laughs> literally sounds so intimidating. And um. I, I would like want to meditate, but then I didn't look forward to it because I wasn't doing the meditations that were right. I didn't go into it with intention. I didn't know what I was doing. Like for me, okay. I'm learning like people meditate for all kinds of things, but like for me, meditation is like cleaning up my subconscious and like getting intentional and having a grounded start to the day. That's like why I do it. Um, But yeah, I wasn't looking forward to it. Um, I feel like there's something to be said about knowing something works for you. It might not always feel fun or feel quote unquote good because, you know, sometimes like when we do things that are good for us, there's a little bit of resistance. Like I love journaling, but like every time I pick up my journal, I'm like, do we really want to do this? But I'm always grateful uh, after I do it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, again, like just really listening to yourself and your own intuition and like what feels good for you. And like you said, there's going to be resistance, I think for a lot of things, um, especially things that are good. for, us. yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they're not always easy, but you know, it was one of those things. Like when I first started my meditation practice, I mean, I was like, I had to hide in my closet because I couldn't have any outside noise. It was like, I had this whole idea of what it needed to look like. And Then I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Like I don't need to make such a big deal. I just need to do this. And so I said, I can just sit down for five minutes and like get out of my head and get away from everything that I'm distracting myself with and just take that time. And the more and more I did it, the more resistance dropped. It was like, it became easier. And then I realized, whoa, I'm falling asleep really easily. And then If I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I can fall back to sleep right away. It was like, I saw the benefits of it so quickly that it became something that I wanted to do. Mm. Because you know what, like, I think that's one thing that people, it's like, we need to sometimes see the benefits of how it's affecting us in order to be motivated to continue doing something or to explore something deeper. And so that's why I always tell people with meditation, like there's no, there's no wrong way to do it. So just start. And then as you do it, you might think you might find, oh, I really like guided meditations or I really like quiet meditations, or I really like to listen to binaural beats, you know, like it's, it's all very, there's so many options out there and it can be so personalized,
0: but just start it and figure out what works best for you and how, you know, and the benefit you see from it. Definitely. and I think that commitment to yourself, even if it's just like five minutes a day, that is like how we start to respect ourselves and therefore develop self-love.
1: I cannot agree more. And that was the thing for me with doing the, the Lakshmi devotional, like just committing to that and doing it and taking the time. Like I remember on the 4th of July and we, you know, we're at the beach in the summer. So the 4th of July is like a big deal. And there's people everywhere. And I was like, I am getting this done. I'm taking that time, like I'm closing myself off for 10 minutes and I'm doing it because I committed to it. And like going through times like that where it was hectic and normally I would have just said, oh, I don't need to do it today. And because I did it, it really, it, it like just elevates your whole, your whole self. It elevates your art, elevates your
0: vibration. It like just makes you feel good about yourself. Definitely. Um, okay, let's get into the second question. Um, So like, what is something you're obsessed with right now? This can be a book, a topic, a product. Um, I'm really curious what you're into right now. So many things. Um,
1: (laughs) So I'm really into NRT, um, nutrition response testing. It's something that Um, I knew a little bit about when I was younger. And um, just through some personal stuff that I was going through and some stuff with my son, um, I kind of rediscovered it. And I have been blown away at the impact it has made um, in our lives in such a short period of time. And um, what I love about it is it's non-invasive. It's not expensive. And it really helps you to figure out what works for you personally. And again, that's like what we keep coming back to, because I can try a million things that look and sound good, but do they work for my body? I don't know. And um, it really helped me to get back to that, like to really look at what I was like. I was a big person who like focused on food as medicine and supplements, anything that we needed that I wasn't getting from food or I was having an issue with are the supplements clean? Are they working for me personally? I don't know. We don't always know that. Do you know what I mean? And NRT really looks at, um, that it looks at how a supplement or how a food or how, um, I mean, really anything you can test anything with NRT. I mean, you can test essential oils, you can test product, like, you know, skincare products. You can test anything, pretty much. But the basis is around supplements and food, and how those things are interacting with your body.
0: So, is this like a at-home test you can do? Uh,
1: no, it is nutrition response testing's done usually by a practitioner. Um, I know that some of them work virtually now, but for the most part, it's in-person.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: But I do know that you know, since everything's changed, there are more virtual options out there. Um, but there are nutrition response testing practitioners, you know, all over the country, all over. We just happened to find one. I mean, she's like 45 minutes from her house and she's amazing. So we do the drive because it's worth it. Um, But what I just like about it is that, you know, I've, I've done a lot, like I've studied Ayurveda and used to see an Ayurvedic practitioner, grew up macrobiotic. So we did a lot of food as
0: medicine. Um, Tell us more about the macrobiotic lifestyle.
1: (laughs) So macrobiotics, um, I feel like nobody ever heard of it. And then I think, I think it was like Gwyneth Paltrow or someone was doing it for a while. And then people started actually recognizing the name. Like I remember when I first used to say we're macrobiotic, people are like, what is that? (laughs) Um, the basis behind macrobiotics is that we use food to fuel our body, but they are very, very strict. It's like, there's pretty much no meat, no dairy, nothing processed, nothing frozen, nothing canned. I mean, it is all whole foods, which obviously now is more mainstream. But when I was younger, I mean, we couldn't even go out to eat because there was just no options, you know, even like your, your good Italian restaurant had, you know, sugar in the spaghetti sauce. And that was a no. And so, um, was an interesting basis to start with. I think one of the things that I love about it is that it helps you to really understand how food affects our body and how different combinations of food affect your body. Like they, in macrobiotics, they eat for seasons. So they eat seasonally as well. Um, but they do a lot of preparation. Like you, all your beans are, you know, you buy your beans raw, you soak them overnight before you cook them, you cook them in a pressure cooker for hours and hours. Um, you know, they, they eat a lot of gluten, which I know is like a big thing now because we used to make our own seitan. I mean, literally like pull the gluten from the wheat and make it into a ball, Oh my god! Um, but everything was made from scratch. I mean, I, growing up, I remember my mom in the kitchen, you know, it was two or three hours for every meal. So it was a huge commitment, but my mom at the time had like found this community of people and she was cooking macrobiotic meals and she had a whole community of people and like they would meet once a week and you know, eat together and learn about food. And, you know, they were just alternative back when alternative wasn't really a thing yet. Yeah. Um, So it was interesting. I mean, I remember totally getting made fun of as I grew up, you know, because we we ate with chopsticks and um, they did that first, you know, digestion because they felt like you ate slower with chopsticks. And we, you know, I had to pack all of my lunches from when I was little and birthday parties looked a lot different. (laughs) Um, when we were hosting them but I'm so grateful for it when I look back on it because it gave me a foundation of exploration for food as medicine and um, I guess to segue into one of the other big things that I'm passionate about is grief and loss and um, I experienced big grief in my life and one of the things or big loss I should say and one of the things I realized in macrobiotics and in a lot of um, food, you know, any paleo, any of these like trendy, um, ways of eating, we don't always tie the emotional side into the physical side. So all of these ways of eating are amazing for different people. It's the same thing. It's like, what works for you might not work for me, but there's so much option out there, but in macrobiotics, we didn't talk a lot about how there's an an emotional connection to food and to ourselves. And so we thought we were doing all the right things, like we were eating all the right foods, and we were following the strict way of living. Yet we weren't really addressing anything on an emotional level. And so as I got older and started to explore, um, you know, grief that I had, and emotional trauma from loss, like I realized that it's not just about food. It's not just about taking a supplement. It's really about being whole as a person and really taking care of every part of you. And so that was, that's been an interesting lesson. So I'm grateful for the basis of macrobiotics. I think it's, it was back when there really wasn't a lot of awareness around anything that had to do with health and wellness in that, in that way. And so we were really, very different. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I could tell you tons of stories of really just feeling like, wow, we really are different. And, you know, for the most part, I didn't mind it, but it definitely um, it shaped who I am, but it also, I guess, in some ways made me um, kind of go inside a little bit. And that's been a lot of the growth that I've experienced through brain rewiring has helped me to kind of pull myself back out. And not be afraid of who I am and like what I know and what I stand for and just to be able to share that. And obviously in our world today, it's easier than it was when I was in, you know, elementary school, middle school and high school. Um, But it, it, you know, it just it felt so different being that way and not having a lot of people around me that understood.
0: Yeah. um, So, here's what I heard you say, Um, growing up, just always like being different from your classmates, from your peers, um, even though there was that um, specific community for, you know, the macrobiotic people, Mm -hmm. um, you still felt like, okay, like you like being different, but it also made you maybe like keep some opinions and what you stand for. Um, within yourself. And it wasn't until um, you rewired your brain, you actually started to open up and like share that in a bigger way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I
1: feel like that is kind of the start for me of taking back my power and finding my voice and realizing that it's okay to be different. It's okay to talk about these things and to share them. And not everybody has to agree. I think that's one thing um, that was so hard for me growing up because people were so, um, closed to the idea of taking care of yourself in the way that we were. And what I realized is that it's okay for everybody to do what works for them. It's just, I want to be open to other people. Like I remember, so I've never eaten meat in my entire life and I have, a best friend, and he would claim that he's a meatitarian, like he just could just literally sit and eat three steaks in one sitting like carnivore, he's, he's total carnivore. Um, and, you know, we always we have great debates about this. And I always say, it's not for me, I don't have anything against you eating meat, I just want you to make sure you're eating quality food. Okay, that's important thing for me. It's like, let's take responsibility for what we're putting in our bodies, no matter what it is. And when I was growing up, a lot of people weren't really open to that. They were like, oh, you're so weird, you know, or what do you mean? I mean, I had a guy in college, like chase me around with a piece of lunch meat one time. (laughs) Like, I mean, so ridiculous. And like, you know, whatever happened in college, but people couldn't wrap their heads around it. But instead of like trying to sit down and understand it, they just, would, you know, obviously make fun of me or, you know, single me out. And so I think that's something that I'm trying to help people with is like to bring awareness around the fact that let's just like accept everybody for who they are and meet them where they are.
0: Mm. And
1: and let's try to, like I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. If you have a question or you have an issue and you want someone to help, I'm always willing to help. But I'm not the person that's going to be like, you have to do this or you have to do that. Because again, it's about what works for you. i more want to educate people on like, Let's look at how this affects you. Let's look at your emotional state. Let's like address the things that you're struggling with. And maybe you'll be able to figure out for yourself what works and what doesn't work.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, especially like with food. There are definitely so many people who uh, um, are, they identify, their ed- identity is like rooted in the, how how they live their life in terms of like, eating and like working out lifestyle stuff and it's just like it's just weird um to spend that much time on it of course like we want to take care of ourselves but like when you find some like a way of eating that really works for you and like keeps you energized so you can accomplish things that's like a very beautiful thing and of course that can evolve over time but um yeah like i think you know, individuality is so huge. And I love what you said about um, health and feeling vibrant is about being whole. I remember uh, going to nutrition school back in the day and all I thought about, you know, when it comes to health and wellness, which is like food and supplements. And um they were t- showing us like a diagram with like, oh, there's like financial wellness and relationships and like career fulfillment. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was like a light bulb moment. Um, yeah. I definitely know so many people who just like hyper focus on food. Like if you're depressed, eat more, I don't know, grass-fed meat because it has like vitamin Bs. And like people almost like just go to the food thinking it will like fix everything else. But we actually have to be really honest with ourselves. Like what is happening and what do I need to do in order to move the needle forward? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And
1: that for me, I think has been the number one biggest turning point in my life is realizing that because I was, I was definitely wrapped up in it. Like I said, I wasn't judgmental of other people, but I was definitely that person that was super focused in, you know, that specific area. And again, I remember talking to people like doctors, you know, integrated medicine, doctors, functional medicine, doctors, all these different people. And they would say, well, stress can do this to you or stress can cause this, or, you know, this can cause this. And I was like, no, it's not possible. Like, it's just, you know, it's just the food you put in your body. And then when I started to really like investigate and learn, excuse me, learn more about how much our emotional body is connected and it makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's not something that I was educated on. And I feel like a lot of times people aren't, it's like, if you want to lose weight, you do, you know, keto or you do this or you do that, but maybe that weight you're carrying around is emotional weight. Oh yeah. Even if you eat, you know, perfectly. Or take this supplement or do this perfect exercise, it's not going away. And it really has, that's been like a huge turning point for me and so many things in my life. And I think finding brain rewiring was such a huge pivotal point for that because it gave me tools to work with. And I do think that there, you know, like we talk about, there's so many things available. Um, but brain rewiring was like back to basics in so many ways for me. And it, it provided structure, but it wasn't like so much structure that I lost motivation. It was like, just do this. And this is simple and follow this and do this step one at a time.
0: Mm. And I
1: think a lot of times we need that. We need someone to kind of take us by the hand and guide us and help us, um, without feeling so overwhelmed. Like there's you know, a hundred steps you have to complete before you rewire your brain. And, you know, it's funny because I have done meditation for, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And the meditation I go back to the most is the brain rewiring meditation in your program, because it's like, for me, I can be not even focused on something and not realize like I'm focusing on my energy on this and it's really negative. And then I listen to that meditation and it helps me to like, go, Oh, I need to shift the perspective on that. Or I need to shift how I'm thinking about something or how, what I'm looking at. And just in that simple, like 10 or 15 minutes, it totally, it like, um, it, it shows it to me. Like, you know, you see it, like you see the bigger picture and you're like, Oh, I've really been focusing so much energy on that. And I didn't need to or I just needed to shift this.
0: Yeah. Wow. That makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like, I know I emphasize this to my clients a lot, but um, the journaling prior to going to the meditation, that really like, you know, helps you, you know, gain a lot of clarity. Like it almost like brings up certain memories you never even knew you had. Like, for example, right now, I'm like working through some it's so silly. Um, But currently, I'm working on like some limiting beliefs around like not feeling good enough when it comes to dating. And like consciously, I know I'm like a fucking gem, like anybody would be so lucky to like be in my presence. Um, But like subconsciously, I was like, Oh, yeah, like, wow, I don't feel worthy. I feel like maybe If I meet someone who's like really cool, who's got their shit together, am I good enough for them? And um, yeah, so it was like, obviously like uncomfortable, but it wasn't until like I journaled it out following my own journal prompts that I created. I was like, oh, I am still trying to please my dad and make him validate me. And it's all like super connected in some twisted way.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that's something that I found with the, doing the work was like, I, I, I will admit, I love the idea of journaling and you will laugh. I carry a journal around with me everywhere I go. It's like in my beach bag, it's in my purse, it's everywhere. But do I write in it? Not all the time. And the frame rewiring, having those prompts and following the structure and kind of also being held accountable for it. Um, was so helpful to me because it wasn't the first thing I would have normally done. Like I would have gone right into the meditation or gone right into whatever it was without doing the journaling first. And I I really saw, and you know I will remind you that you had to prompt me a lot, like don't forget to do the journaling part. Um, (laughs) But when I did that, I really could see how, like you said, it really brings up these twisted things that you didn't really realize were affecting you or how they connect. It's like what you were thinking and how it connects to something else. And one of the things that I was thinking when you were talking also about the brain rewiring is that one thing for me with journaling is that it feels really real when I put it on paper. And I know that sounds so crazy sometimes, but it's like in my head, nobody else can hear it. (laughs) But when it's on paper, it's like released. Um, And so there was a little bit of fear around that but working with the prompting and then following it with the meditation, it really helped me. It was like, okay, I can put this down here and it's real right now, but I have control over changing it. And so, and having that tool in front of me made me feel like it was like easier to release things, if that makes sense. Like just writing it out sometimes was scary for me, but knowing that, okay, now I have this next step to follow up from that journal prompt. And here's what I'm going to do to help that.
0: Yeah. So uh, share with the audience, why was it scary to write things down?
1: Um, Let's see. I think first of all, um, for me personally, it was a lot of just like actually admitting that I had something that I needed to deal with. Like a lot of times it's like, if it's in my head, I can just pretend that everything is okay. And when I put it out on paper, it felt, it felt more real. It felt very vulnerable and very personal. Um, Of course, there's like a little bit of a fear, like, what if somebody reads this, you know, or what if somebody finds this? Um, But I think for the most part, it was just me admitting to myself because when I put it out on paper, it was like, whoa, I really think that. And I will tell you the biggest thing from brain rewiring that was actually kind of a shock to me and it went into like other things that I've worked on before um before i found brain rewiring like i you know i would take this course or try this program or read this book and everybody would say okay you have to talk the talk and walk the walk or you have to walk the walk before you talk the talk kind of thing and i never really understood when i started doing brain rewiring i realized okay i have to be honest with myself if i'm going to change (laughs) the thing that i want to change and also that I didn't know exactly sometimes what it was that I actually really wanted. It was like in your head, you can kind of spin it and just let it be this um, like untangible thing that's just living there. But when I was like putting it out on paper, I went, oh, is it really okay to say like, I want this specifically and to be able to admit that to myself and to be able to start to shift those things. Then I saw things in my life actually shift. It was like I created this momentum by being able to put it on paper and work through the steps of brain rewiring, of being really honest with myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I always remind my clients um, we cannot control our thoughts and it's actually not healthy to control or suppress our thoughts, but we can deliberately introduce a thought. So that's where like journaling and um, talking to someone you trust becomes really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. We can be like, okay, yeah, today really sucks and we feel really in our heads, but we can write down, like, I'm really grateful I made it through the day. And not every day that is gonna be something you should be grateful for, but some days it is. Um, Or be really grateful, like, oh, I, you know, initiated a challenging conversation I had been avoiding. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, journaling is super helpful. I love what we talked about, um, like being honest with ourselves, because that's radical honesty and honesty truly feels like love. It really does.
1: And I think when I came to you, I'm sure you'll remember this, but this is like a broken record for me. It's like, I can't access my emotions. I don't feel like my heart is open. Um, And I kept like looking for all these like easy fixes for that. And what I realized in working through the brain rewiring is like, That is love, like being honest with yourself and allowing yourself to like I was expressing myself through these journal prompts and through the work I was doing that I started to be like, oh, I do love myself, you know, and there she is. And like, I want to love her more and I want to do these things that empower her and help her. Um, And so it was through that honesty that helped me to find that and see that and like start to really live that.
0: That is such a
1: good tip. <laughs> it was, and I will. The other thing I will tell you about brain rewiring that has helped me so much is, um, you know, I've struggled with a lot of anxiety um, surrounding certain things um, with the loss that I had, and one of the things that brain rewiring has helped me to do is also to to envision like what is going to happen. So like, I have a lot of anxiety. This is very personal, but like about driving um, long distances by myself. Um, ever since my sister passed away, that's like been the thing that's been really hard for me. And in brain rewiring, I would, then when I was like in a situation where I had to go, like, I have to go here for a meeting for work and it's two hours away. The morning that I was going or the night before, I would actually like do a little prompt of like okay, this is how it's going to feel when I get home. And this is what I'm going to do when I get home, because I'm going to have a safe drive, and I'm going to get home and everything will like be this way. And it helps me to shift those thoughts by being able to like, go, okay, I have to get through this. But when I'm back, this is how I will feel, or this is what I'm going to do. And um, that was something that really changed
0: for me during brain rewiring. That's really powerful. Um, I would love to hear more about this. So like, What if you are like driving and you are feeling anxious?
1: So, I mean, the biggest thing that's helped me more recently is through brain rewiring, I've seen how much we can control our thoughts and how much when we are able to control our thoughts, how much they don't control us, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And so I do try to prepare myself ahead of time when I know it's gonna be a situation where I may feel anxious or it's gonna be like you know a situation where I was anxious in the past um, but I will start to really work through like mantras and very simple mantras like I that was something that you really um were good at explaining in brain rewiring was like a lot of my mantras they took so long that I was so tired when I was done with that <laughs> and a lot of them weren't even like like, what am I even saying? Does that even make <laughs> sense? You know, um, there was one that I always did that ended with I'm okay. And I was like, I don't want to be okay. I want to be great. You know, like it was just like those shifts, those little shifts. And so um, I started coming up with mantras that would bring me back to like the practice itself. So when you're in the moment, obviously I can't sit down and journal while I'm driving or, you know, put on a meditation, but I would do a mantra during that meditation or during that prompt so that when I was in the situation, I could go back to that mantra and it like helped to regulate my nervous system because when you're at home journaling um, and then you get into a meditation, especially around brain rewiring, I found that you really start to regulate your nervous system and you start to just become even. And so if I can become even in those situations where I'm feeling anxiety or I'm feeling apprehensive it bring, you know, it like, it just calms you down
0: in a way yeah. that I
1: wasn't able to do before.
0: Yeah. Um, when you say mantras, that's like med- affirmations, right? Affirmations, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. I just needed to clarify. Yeah. yeah like sorry, affirmations affirmation. can be super powerful. Um, I feel like it's really funny because I have a pet peeve around this. Um, like when it comes to affirmations, I always emphasize to my clients, like we cannot lie to ourselves. Like if we are just like, you know, um, saying things we don't even believe, um, we almost feel silly. So like the way I teach affirmations is like pretty specific. That helps us come back to ourselves and feel grounded, keeping our center of mass forward. So like in those situations, it becomes like a very helpful real time tool.
1: Yes, because like you said, you have to believe it in order for it to work, or you have to at least like want to believe it, I guess. And like you can see
0: how this is very possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, I mean, if I went back in my notebook and the work I did in the initial brain rewiring, I remember when I had to write the affirmations, like that step, I wrote probably 50 of them. And then I started like crossing them out and crossing them out. And I was like, I want something simple but something that I really believe, like something that I can say and I can get behind and I can feel, and I'll tell you a story. So when my sister, um, got sick, it was really, really sudden. Um, and it was like very drastic, like, um, it was just really intense. And I remember the first night being in the hospital and I was, I had never experienced anxiety like that before. Like I didn't even really know what anxiety was. And, I was having like a full on anxiety attack and um, I was laying in this like room with my mom. And I remember my mom saying, I'm going to give you an affirmation. And I just want you to say this like for a long time. I want you to just sit here and say it It was like, I couldn't sleep. It was late at night. She said, I don't even know if you're going to believe it right now. She said, but just trust me that if you say it enough and you really think about what you're saying, you'll believe it and it will help you. And I used that affirmation probably for 10 years after my sister passed away, like just in times where I needed to go back and like reset myself. And it was like, I remember when I first started doing it, I was like, my mom is
0: crazy. What is going <laughs> on here? <laughs> She's Well the What was the affirmation if you I don't mind healthy,
1: sharing? I am I am whole, I am complete, I am in control. Oh, I love that. And it was so simple. And you know what was so interesting? We were completely out of control at that time. But the only thing that I could control was that if I could stay calm and I could regulate myself to like be able to like be who I needed to be in that moment, I would get through it. And Mm -hmm. that was what I needed. I needed to just like know that I could get through every moment at that time that we were going through. And so it was funny because like we always joke about like we really can't control a lot. But what she was trying to get from that is like we can control where we are at in that moment with our thoughts. And that's the only thing we can do,,
0: oh, and it yeah, was like so impactful
1: for me, you know? and obviously, like to this day, it's something that I never forget.
0: Mm, that's beautiful, yeah. okay, so let's get to the juicy question. So you know, I absolutely adore you as a client and friend since we started working together in brain rewiring, just like in March this year, so not even that long ago. Yes, yes, I can't believe it. I know here. right. I've seen you like really step into your personal power, which has been like super wonderful to witness. One thing you said you really believe in is taking control of our lives, no matter our age and creating the life we want to live. I would love for you to share uh, with the audience your story behind this.
1: Sure. Um, I will say that I think it's like, I mean, When I was in my twenties and thirties, I, well, I, I should say this before my sister passed away, I felt very invincible. I felt like I was like, you know, I was pretty confident, um, you know, things I had a good life. Like I was grateful for what I had, obviously, you know, things were not perfect, but they were good. And I could recognize that. And, um, I can kind of separate my life into like two sections, like the time before my sister got sick and the time after she passed away. And Um, I think that I kind of just became numb for a long time and I never really dealt with the grief and the loss. And then I had a kid and I, you know, I got older and then like, I'm not going to say it was like one day I woke up, but it was kind of like that. Like over a period of time, I woke up and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, what is my purpose? Am I even happy? You know, (laughs) like. Um, and it was like I love my son and I enjoy my life and but there was a lot of things that were going on that I was like is this even who I am like how am I allowing these things to happen like I'm not showing up as the person I want to be or that I was um, or that I like thought of myself as and so I started realizing like Oh, my gosh, for a little bit of time, I was like, you're too old to try to, like, figure this out or reinvent yourself. Like, just be quiet and, like,
0: enjoy, you know, the
1: time. And um, as my son started to get a little older, I was like, no, like, there has to be more to life. And I want to find those things. And I want to get back to who I was and the things that were important to me. And I remember this quote, I had this like taped to my binder when I was in school. And like, then I had it like cut out and taped in my wallet um, in college. And it it, it says something like, um, you can never start over, but you can start from here and make a new ending. And I just remember being like, wow. And then recently, I think you might have shared something about like people who have made success of themselves in the things that they were passionate about at all different ages. Like it doesn't matter how we are or what our experiences are. um, up until that point, like we can decide who we want to be and we can decide how we want to be. So even if you were a certain way, like I didn't really like the person i had become on, on the outside, I was fine, but I didn't like myself inside as much because I wasn't being true to myself. And I thought, well, I could just continue on this way. Or I could really decide like, I'm going to be different. I want to be this person that I know I can be. And so that was like the start of the exploration. <laughs> and it's been a lot of years of just doing work on myself and learning and really being honest with myself. I mean, that's been the biggest thing. And, um, and I think it's not, there's no end point. Like, I think that we're just, it's a continuation But Mm -hmm. I think that the work that I've done on myself helped me to uncover like things that I just, I had never dealt with and things that I didn't necessarily agree with that I was like, I was living this life.
0: And I was like, no, I want, this is not who I want to be. Do you mind sharing how you were not being truthful to yourself and who do you want to be? (laughs) Um, yeah,
1: I will say the first thing for me is that I never really addressed like the grief, um, in a way of, I I grieved obviously, but I didn't really share with people who I really was or like what I had really gone through. Um, and I also realized that, um, you know, I just started to like reevaluate the relationships in my life because, I think when we live on autopilot, we don't always realize like the people that we're surrounding ourselves with and how, like how we're interacting with them. I wasn't taking responsibility for me of like who I wanted to be. And I also wasn't holding up, like, I wasn't letting, I wasn't, a, I was letting people treat me in a way that I didn't really agree with, but it was mm-hmm. like, I was kind of on autopilot. I was a little bit numb. And when I started to realize, okay, I haven't been honest with myself, like I actually had like guilt around my sister's death, like I had things that I hadn't been honest with myself about when I started working through those things, I started realizing, like, I'm not upholding my value or like who I am or who I want to be, I'm letting people walk all over me in a way. Um, And I wanted to take responsibility for it. I wasn't there to blame other people for it. It was like, I wanted to do the work to figure out why I was doing that and how could I stop that? Yeah, And I think that's one thing through my journey so far. And one of the things that I really would like to help other people with is, and it's going to sound like a little bit more simple and maybe mean, but like we, if we all just took responsibility for ourselves, and took care of ourselves, we would be able to put out the best version of us. Yeah. And when we weren't, the people that were important to us would be there for us. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But like, I, I didn't have some of the connections I probably needed because I wasn't honest with myself. So if I'm not honest with myself, I'm not being honest with other people. Yeah, I definitely think especially in the mom culture, it's like, it's cool to be busy. It's cool to always like, it's always hectic. It's always this. And it's always that, but no, it's like a lot of times I just was not okay. And I wasn't able to express that. So I would just like be like, Oh, I'm just busy, you know, or, or I wouldn't connect with people at all. It's like, I have even literally said to a good friend of mine recently, "I said, I'm really sorry. I have really not been a good friend. Like I haven't been in touch as much as I would like to be. I said because I was dealing with things and instead of like sharing them with you I just pulled away and she said thank you for saying that I also have not been who I would like to be you know and so it's interesting it's like when we can be honest with ourselves and honest with other people a lot of times you get back so much more than you expect
0: Yeah okay I love that because um when I also went through a period where I was like, huh, I don't think I'm on the right trajectory. and I need to do something about it. And back then I was working in like accounting and I was obsessed with health and wellness, you know, spirituality, um, self-development. But I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I was even like afraid to acknowledge to myself, like, I wanted to be a health coach. like it took a lot out of me to just like, you know, make it clear to myself. um and I will always be like, "Oh yeah, no one is like, no one gets me. you know, like we just have surface conversations. I don't have real friends, and it wasn't until I started trying to become the authentic version of myself um. And now I feel like, you know, my relationships are really nourishing and abundant. Yes,
1: And I think too, I mean, I realized this, but it took me a long time. And I think that
0: this is something like everybody goes through at
1: different stages in their life is it's not always about quantity. It's about quality. And so like, I know a lot of people and I enjoy, like, I'm very social. I enjoy being around a lot of people, but I didn't sometimes take enough time to nourish the relationships that were really important because I was too busy, like spreading my energy too thin, if that makes sense. It was like, I always wanted to like be in this like situation. And a lot of times it, it was great. Like people were always say to me, oh, you know, so many people, or you guys have so many great friends. And, and it was like, we do, and we, and we did, and we still do, but there was a part of me that like, I wasn't present with myself. And so I couldn't really be present with anyone in a deeper way. And like what you said specifically really hits for me. It's like, it doesn't matter like the industry you're in or the, the people that you surround yourself with. If you can't be like, if you're afraid to say who you really want to be or what you're really interested in, it's like, you're, you already have a shield up between Mm -hmm. you and those people. It's like, maybe those people that you were surrounding yourself with have totally been open to that. And and even interested in it. But it's like, if we're not honest with ourselves, and we're too scared to share that, it's like, we, we're not even giving those people a chance to meet us where we are.
0: Yeah. And that is one, like, limiting belief that we've talked about working together. That's like deciding for other people. We don't get to do that. That's toxic.
1: No, for sure. And it's funny, because I remember, like, when we first connected, I was like, Oh, is this person, like, she wants to, like, help me, and, like, she's interested in me, you know, and it was, like, I mean, you just said recently to me, I remember I was talking, we were talking about, like, business, and um, I said, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to believe that, like, I can find clients that will be interested in what I'm doing, and you're, like, well, I've, I manifested you, you know, like, I found you, and I was, like, oh, that's so nice, and it made me think, like, wow like we don't sometimes give ourselves enough credit for who we are like what we can bring to other people we automatically like assume something without letting them you know
0: tell us yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and like we also talked about this you can help people if you're just like 10 percent further than where they are um we we you know especially like you know, your profile, the five, one, and I'm the one, three, we're always like wanting to learn more. There's so much more out there. And there are people who know more than we do, but like in this industry um, is really about authenticity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you've really helped me to be open to that because I had a really hard time with that. Like I've been the person my whole life, like people call me like, I got this bite, what should I do with it? Or like, I, you know, my boyfriend just broke up with me and I'm so sad, like, what, you know, like, can we talk about it? Like, I was always that person, but I never gave myself enough credit for like the value that I was bringing to those people. I was like, oh, you know, I still was scared to tell people like, I wanna be a healer. Like, I wanna help people heal. I wanna talk about things with people and help them to like move through stages. I wanna be a health coach. Like that even was hard for me to say. And that's not obviously my full-time job career, but it was something that I've always been connected with. Yet I'm, I was still afraid to like tell people that, or to be honest with myself about that. And then working with you has helped me to understand that's a limiting belief and we can work through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you have so much to offer. I'm like literally so excited for you. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you is about grief. Um, So like, you know, no matter whether it is a loss of a relationship, a loved one, or, you know, even past versions of ourselves, grief can be this big and daunting thing. We all know that like unprocessed emotions can manifest themselves in many unfavorable ways. Um, So I would love for you to share your insights on dealing with and healing from grief.
1: Yeah, I think um, the thing that you said in there that's so important is that it's any grief, it's any loss. And I think there was a part of me, I mean, even for as horrible as what we went through with my sister, I still was like, you know, I would look at like, I met a woman who lost her daughter, like really tragically, really fast. And I was like, oh, my grief doesn't compare to her grief. You know? And it is like, no, like we all experience grief in different ways. And somebody said something to me recently that really hit me. And you mentioned it there about like grieving um, who we might have been and like changing or um, there's so much to be said, even for that. It's like just allowing ourselves to feel emotion. And I can tell you, um, I didn't let myself feel emotion. Like I didn't know how to express it. We don't really, I think in general, as a society, this is a very generalized statement, really talk about grief. We don't talk about loss. We don't talk about our feelings in a way that's like, I don't know. I think that it's not, doesn't feel safe in a lot of ways to like to express how we feel. Like, how many times has someone called you and been like, or you know, like you get a text, you're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm really sad today.
0: <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, good. How are you?
1: Exactly. It's like, I even have hesitated sometimes over the last year or two. I've been really working through a lot of my healing of like, Don't just say I'm good if I'm not, you know, because it's such a, it's such a like program thing. It just comes so naturally to do that. And it's like, okay to say I'm not okay. Or you know what? I'm really having a tough day. It it doesn't even mean that I'm asking you for help. It's just like, I'm just being honest. And if we were a little bit more honest, I think people would be not so afraid to share those things. Um, And I think that's been a big discovery for me. So I'm, you know, going through, it's been a long time. My sister passed away 17 years ago, actually. And it's like defined me as a person in a lot of ways. But what I found most is that it's because I didn't really deal with it. It's Mm. like, I just let it like hang on to me. And it was, it was like this weight that was hanging me down. holding me down. And it was also manifesting physically for me. Like I had so many, like I ate really clean and I took really good care of myself and I did all these things. And yet I had a laundry list of complaints and things that weren't normal. Like I knew they weren't normal, but I couldn't fix them. I couldn't figure out where they were coming from um, until I started really doing the emotional work and like allowing myself to be honest. And um, what I found was that it wasn't just the grief from losing my sister, the loss, it was like you said, it was grief from other things. It was things that happened in my childhood. It was things, you know, my relationship with my dad and my relationship with my stepdad. And, but until I was able to be honest with myself, none of that stuff came through for me. Yeah. I mean, I was really close. Like I've also done, I, I shared this with you. I've done like hypnotherapy work. I've done a lot of different modalities and I was for a long time, just like searching. Like I just kept trying different things. And then one day I was like, you know what? I want to be present with each thing that I'm doing and just see what my experience is with each of those things and like not expect an outcome from it. Just, I want to try this and see how it works. And I remember working with the hypnotherapist and he said, it's like, there's a glass between you and your emotions. He's like, I can see you and I can see your emotions, but I can't get you to like come together as one person. Mm. Was, like, it took me a while like to get what he was saying. Um, but what I found is the more work I do and the more honest I am and the more journaling I do, um, as you keep um, telling me, I've been able to uncover and access those feelings and those emotions, um, definitely more easily than I have in the past. But I found that that is the biggest thing. It's like allowing ourselves to actually feel the feelings and like know that it's okay. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay yeah. to like, you know, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel however you feel. And it's also okay to like
0: talk to people about it and share it with people. That is like the human experience. Like you're going to have happy moments and celebrate, you know, moments you celebrate and you're going to have moments that are low and we can't really just have the highs, right? Um, even though the lows really do suck. um, I think people gaslight themselves all the time. Like, you know, when I wanted to shift my career path, you know, I had people be like, you should be grateful to even have a job and like have a team that's not like super toxic or you're not working 60 hours anymore. You're only working 40. So you should be happy. Um, and like when it comes to like grieving, you know, grieving, um, I remember um, last summer. I was such an asshole, but I had a friend who was in a relationship. Um, He wasn't that happy about it. He was like, yeah, I don't think it's working. And he was thinking about like breaking it off. And when he did, he was actually like super sad. And I tried to be a good friend. But in my mind, I was like, you wanted this. Like, why are you sad? (laughs) like, and now I understand, like, oh, this still, this is still going to suck, even though you didn't like that relationship. um. So, yeah, like, we need to stop gaslighting ourselves. Like, just because some people have it worse doesn't mean we should suppress our low emotions. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And or, like, project our feelings onto them. It's, like, just because, you know, like, somebody somebody wanted something doesn't mean that there isn't a loss there. It's like, I, rem- I was just talking to a friend recently and she said, um, you know, she went through a divorce and she's like, I wanted that divorce. But when, when it was finalized, I was still sad. I had to take time to like recognize that it was sad because that was a whole part of me that was gone. It was like, I was a different person. I was becoming somebody different. And even though I was excited about that, I had to like recognize that I was sad and it's okay to be sad. And she was talking about that. Cause she's going, you know, she has a new partner who's going through something. And she was like, I said to him, it's okay to be sad. Like, even if you wanted this, it's okay to recognize the sadness in it. And I think that's something that we just don't allow ourselves to feel. And mm. like you said, I mean, gaslighting and just not recognizing that it's okay. Like, it's okay to have those emotions. Sadness is actually so healthy.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, the the sooner you allow yourself to, like, go into it and feel it, the sooner it gets processed and goes away.
1: Yes, and I will tell you one other thing that recently that stood out for me is I also recognize that I didn't always take the time to be sad. I know that sounds funny, but it was, like, recently – I was saying like, okay, so I'm able to access my emotions more. But like, sometimes they come up at times where you're like, okay.
0: This is (laughs) inconvenient. It's
1: not convenient to be sad right now. And maybe you can control it. Maybe you can't, but like, let's then take time to feel that sadness. Because as everybody says, and I keep being told this, and I see this in my experience, like we do have to feel that in order to work through it. Mm. And so if we don't allow the space and the time It's just like taking steps to work through brain rewiring. It's taking steps to do meditation, whatever it is that you're committing to. It's like, if we want to heal ourselves, we have to commit to taking that time to feel those feelings and allowing space for it. And again, same thing with other people. Like if somebody comes to you and they're sad, allow them to feel the sadness. Like something that has stuck with me so much. There's this woman that I love. I met in our old neighborhood and she's like, she does like conscious parenting. And um, I don't know a ton about it, but one of the things that she said to me is like, if your kid says he's nervous, like say, okay, that's okay. That's a valid feeling. Like it's okay to feel that and then help them work through it. It's the same thing with sadness. It's like, that is a valid feeling. So if you're sad, I'm not going to like, always just try to make you feel better. Like, let's let you be sad. I'm here for you. I see you, you know, and I I honor that you are trying to work through something because it might make me uncomfortable, but it's not about me. It's about you. you. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Like we have to allow ourselves to like feel a little uncomfortable sometimes in order to be there for other people too. And that is the human, I think, experience. And oh, the, definitely take responsibility for ourselves. Like it's yeah. inspiring to me to see people, you know, open
0: themselves up and be there. Yeah. And I love what the conscious parenting lady said, like, when we tell our kids, Hey, you shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't feel this way. They're still going to feel that way, but they're also going to add guilt on top of that.
1: A hundred percent. And I went through that for sure. And I was like, wow, I really, I recognize that that's something I experienced. So I want to make sure that I'm not doing that to somebody else, especially mm. my own kid, you know? Yeah. And it is, it's such a quick, it's so programmed for me. It's like, and I think for a lot of people, it's so quick because We want to make them feel better. Like I want to help people, right? But gaslighting them or like silencing them isn't really helping them.
0: Mm, Definitely. Yeah, holding space and letting people feel safe to like express, that is so healing. You don't even have to do anything besides just actually listen.
1: It really is. And you know, it's so, I had such a hard time like believing that there was people out there that wanted to do that for me. Um, and now that I've allowed myself like that experience, it, it really helps me to see like, that's something I really want to help other people with. And that's something I think in general that we aren't, there isn't enough available, or we don't do that enough that we really could like just holding space for people is so healing.
0: Yeah. Well, you have a heart of gold and I so appreciate you. Any, um, last things you feel really compelled to share with the audience? I think the biggest thing is just like remembering over all of this is that like it's,
1: we're, we're connected from head to toe, right? So it's not just physical, it's emotional. And so let's like normalize taking care of our whole body, our whole system. And like, and that includes our mind and our emotional state and just remembering that our bodies are like these absolutely amazing things. And if we give them the tools, for each personalized person, they can
0: do amazing things. Well, that was really good. I can listen to that again. Um, I really do think that what we covered in this episode is so beautiful and I hope you find it to be empowering and inspiring as well. You can connect with Liz on Instagram at Elizabeth M Cairo. Let us know what you think about this episode. We would love to connect with you. And if this episode or any of my brain rewiring related episodes have sparked your interest in trying it for yourself, I have amazing news. I am starting Empowered, aka my upcoming brain rewiring group coaching program. Imagine in just 12 weeks. That is less than 90 days. You can rewire your brain, shift scarcity mindset for good. No more victim mindset, no more negative draining patterns like people pleasing, no more procrastination or imposter syndrome. What if none of that exists in 2023? I know it's a little scary to be thinking about 2023, but it's gonna be here before you know it. And imagine, what if you no longer struggle with any of the shit I just mentioned? What would it look like to start the new year with unshakable confidence and high self-worth? If you're just a little bit curious, you want to entertain that version of you, see how brain rewiring can help you, see if you and I are a good fit to work together, Head to the show notes to sign up for the waitlist for Empowered. By signing up, you're indicating you're interested and you will also save $200 off enrollment. Go sign up right now because the offer ends September 3rd.